Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo. I don't have a co-host tonight. Again, going behind enemy lines, and uh, we're going behind an enemy lines. I know a little bit too well because I live in Columbus, Ohio, and that is the Ohio State Buckeyes, Penn State, coming on the road, ABC, Saturday night, 7.30 kick in, uh, as James Franklin called it today, the big house. Nobody else has ever called it the big house. It is the horseshoe. It is Ohio Stadium to take on the fifth-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. We decided to head over to our uh, pals over at 11 Warriors, get the founder of 11 Warriors, Jason Priest, is on with the show. Jason, what's going on, man? Hey, not too much, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, Got to say I'm a little disappointed because uh, Penn State week every year, it's, you know, you guys hate us, you hate the players, you hate the city. And I feel like I- Iowa and Iowa City stolen a lot of our hate this year, so I'm feeling a little disrespected. Uh, well, I mean, Iowa's thing is just kind of feeling disrespected, so maybe they're just like, <laughs> maybe you're just like getting residual vibes from them. But yeah, I mean, well, we'll, we'll dive into this a bit, but... It, like in a minute or two, but like, I don't know about you. It has felt to me like this has gone from a game that I couldn't wait for. My guess is you couldn't wait for to now. Like, I think we all kind of just want to get this over with because we can all kind of see the writing on the wall with this one. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I try my hardest to not be a homer and to try to be as objective as I can. Um, but, uh, we were talking Saturday, we do a post game show. We were talking Saturday about how, you know, what might the line be for this one when it comes out? And we were thinking, you know, 13, 14, 15. And then I think it came out at 15 and it already shot to 18 yesterday. And I I don't know, I don't gamble, but if I did, I would probably put some money on that because it just really seems like Clifford, you know, Sean Clifford is not quite a hundred percent despite what Franklin said earlier today. And um or Tuesday or yeah Tuesday and then uh Ohio State the offense is clicking in all cylinders they got a defense you can you know you can you can get plays on them but you know you're gonna have to outscore this team and um I I just don't know man yeah I mean I I said to a friend earlier that I think Clifford's health is the difference between this game being like 49 to 30 49 to 20 24 something like that or 49 to 10 like mm. the I, like I just I, I hold Ohio State's offense in, in like very high regard and like mm-hmm. I don't know how you can't if you've watched them play this year but it is a defense you can move the ball and this is all stuff we'll get to in a second but Jason I kind of want to just start by going 10,000 foot view of this Ohio State team coming into this season what was the vibe what was the view what was the expectation of an Ohio State team that was breaking in a new quarterback uh, you know, wasn't maybe wasn't the sure thing that it has been in years past. And how has that evolved as the season has gone on? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is going to there's no way to sound not arrogant saying this, but like as an Ohio State fan these days, you I think you have two mindsets uh, coming to whatever is on, you know, whatever the roster looks like that season. And one of the mindsets is, hey, this is a team that can probably play for a national championship. And the other mindset is, hey, this is a team that could probably make the college football playoff or, or has a chance to make the college football playoff. Maybe not a national championship team, but could probably get in the final four or, or make a good run at that. And I think coming into this season, uh, it was the latter. It was, hey, you know, this is a team probably top five or six when the first AP poll comes out. 
uh, decent chance to make a run into getting into the college football playoff. You know, I don't think many Ohio State fans were like, oh, this is the year, uh, national title or bust, because, you know, you lost Justin Fields, you lost Trey Sermon, you lost all the linebackers, lost some guys in the secondary. There were a lot of holes to fill. Uh, C.J. Stroud, you know, because of COVID and whatnot, hadn't thrown a pass since high school, you know, until the first game of this season. So over a full year, uh, at least in game circumstances, I mean, obviously throwing a practice, but hadn't thrown a game, a game pass in at least over a year. Uh, and you know that if, if he's Ryan Day's guy, he's going to probably be pretty good at some point. Just didn't know how soon that would happen. So, you know, when, when you recruit at the level Ohio State does and has for the last 10 years, it's even in the years when you're replacing a lot of guys, I think a lot the mindset's still, hey, this is a team that can probably make a run, maybe not get into the playoff, but make a run being, you know, on that Tuesday night ESPN show that drives everyone nuts, be in the conversation, right? Yeah, I mean, I like I remember coming into this season just from a Penn State perspective, thinking that even though there were question marks with this Penn State team and it wasn't the most solid Penn State team. Three through six in the Big Ten East, I thought Penn State was clear-cut better than And I think help, like yeah. fully healthy Penn State is probably better than them. And it was legitimately going to come down to this game. We, we'll get into why that's not the case for Penn State. But it has seemed to me that over the last however many weeks, uh, you know, certainly in the aftermath of that Oregon game, but really in – the last three weeks or so, three weeks of games particularly, Ohio State has figured things out and figured things out to an extent that you look at them and go, oh boy, they this is a team that can go from what you were saying, maybe get into the conversation to maybe compete for a national championship. Yeah, for sure. And you got, we got to be careful too because – and this is, again, something we've talked about 11 Warriors a lot is after the Oregon game, you're sitting back and we all knew it was going to happen. Ohio State's got four or so games in a row where they're going to look like they've got some things figured out and they're going to have to go against a real team that recruits at a high level and has big players and fast players that, you know, the last few opponents didn't necessarily have. Uh, so it looks really, really good right now, but it's still going to be a really interesting test because Penn State's got the guys. I mean. Yeah, Clifford may be a little banged up, and you got some other guys out, but you still got a Jahan Dotson. I mean, you guys got athletes in the secondary. You recruited a level that's, you know, in Ohio State's neighborhood. It's not the Rutgers and Maryland's that you know you're going to look good against. So I think there's still a lot of intrigue with this game. Yeah, uh, Dotson, of course, last year put on a bit of a show. Penn State lost the game 38-25. Dotson, though, 8-144, three scores. We'll get to Ohio State's defense in a second, but I want to start with Ohio State's offense, which, uh, like we both just mentioned really clicking on all cylinders in recent weeks, currently the number one offense in America by offensive SP plus clear by several points ahead of the number two offense in America. Like to me, clear cut, there might be, you know, Georgia, maybe Clemson that like the list of defenses that Ohio State cannot name its score against is very, very small. Broadly, what is it about this offense that makes it so good and so dangerous, Jason? I think it's two things. Well, actually three things. Uh, recruiting, got to start there. And they've done a really good job of getting really good players at skill positions, at wide receiver, at running back. And we can talk about those guys in a minute. That's one thing. The other two are um, Ryan Day's a savant. I mean, I don't know what he does when it comes to offenses, but I mean, he broke Don Brown, sent him out of Michigan. He can just, he can, he can draw plays up 
as an offensive coordinator, a guy that's calling the offense that that just seem to work, just seem to get guys open when you need a pass or just, you know, the right play at the right time. It, it's kind of a luxury. I mean, high state fans have complained about the defense a lot this year and, and certain guys have complained about Stroud earlier in the year. But like one thing you don't hear a lot of Ohio State fans do is complain about the play calling because it's always so sublime. It's fun to watch. I mean, it really, really is. You're like he calls games and he's putting plays out there. and You're like, man, that's just that's just a great play. You know, tip the cap. So that's the second thing. The third thing is his work with quarterbacks. And again, Stroud had the year off of, of throwing a competitive football, but you know, he was the lead 11 MVP came in with that pedigree. And then the work that Ryan day has been able to do with these guys and, you know, whether it's Justin Fields or, you know, had Dwayne Haskins prior to that, or, or now Stroud, you just know that if you give, you know, Ryan day a quarterback and some time to work with them, spring fall camp, all, all those practices, you're going to get something really special. Usually. Yeah, I mean, the thing that sticks out to me whenever I watch Ohio State's offense, it it, it goes to what you were mentioning about Day, and like, there's no nice way of putting it. The dude is just a psychopath. Like, he seems to take so much joy, and correct me if I'm wrong, take so much joy out of just attacking and attacking and attacking. Like, if not for the fact that there were you know, a couple of drops, a couple of uh, penalties, just like stuff that's really uncharacteristic. They probably do end up winning that Oregon game. Uh, maybe not comfortably, but they do end up being a little more competitive that year. And it just seems to me like Ryan Day, whenever he is in a game, it could be against uh, a Clemson, an Alabama. It could be against the best teams in college football, or it could be against the bottom feeders. There seems to be a level of pride in we're not going to go easy on you. We are going to attack, attack, attack. Yeah, I, I mean, it certainly seems like that at times. And then, you know, there's the joke uh, around Ohio State fans that he does that to Maryland because supposedly Loxley turned in Chase Young for an improper benefit, you know, a couple years ago and when Young had to miss a couple games. So there's oh, like... The, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, because he onside kicked on him last year, like up 35 in the first... I mean, he does some crazy stuff to Maryland. And then he was putting it to Indiana Saturday and someone was like, yeah, you remember last year when the Hoosiers were talking about how they should have been in the Big Ten Championship? Because remember, they, Ohio State didn't play enough games and somehow got to go to the Indians anyway. And, and so I was like, yeah, maybe he's got something against him too. I don't know if it's grudges or just we're having fun with this stuff, uh, but he does. He loves to score, and I think that's uh, it's why he's you know so quick to maybe make changes when the defense isn't isn't holding up because he knows his side of the ball is going to cook and and he's got that locked down. So it's probably super frustrating to someone that's that good at what they do to not have the other side of the house in order. And a big reason why they've been able to cook this year is because of the play of C.J. Stroud. On the season, Stroud completing 60, about 68% of his passes, uh, not 1,965 yards, 10.6 yards per attempt, uh, 22 touchdowns against three interceptions, has only been sacked five times. For those who might not remember, Jason, can you just explain why were Ohio State fans like – really concerned about him and what has he done this season to make it so he went from like you mentioned a guy who hasn't been th went a year between throwing passes to he's going to almost certainly be a Heisman finalist at the end of this year yeah um well I mean let's face it Ohio State fans not all of them but there's a, a vocal block of them that are just spoiled and, and honestly not the greatest fans in the world 
And it, it, part of that success, I mean, I'm sure Alabama's got a block like that too. And, um, it, you know, it just comes with the turf. You've got a giant fan base. Uh, some of these people are not going to be the, the most, you know, patient or uh, maybe mature fans when it comes to things like this. And, you know, th- they didn't understand that they were going from Justin Fields to a guy that, uh, you know, in Fields, you know, maybe the most talented quarterback to ever play at Ohio State to a guy that, again, hadn't thrown a pass in over a year, was really young, was really green. And, you know, struggled a little bit, Had, I mean, even in the win against Minnesota in the opener, he was overthrowing some guys, missing some passes that, you know, Fields makes. And um, and certainly the Oregon game, uh, some people didn't handle that well. And it's unfortunate. But to me, I'm thinking, you know, there's a reason Ryan Day picked this guy. He's seen all these guys in practice and he's going with C.J. Stroud. So that's good enough for me. You're not going to Day's not going to yank him. He's not going to go with another guy. It's going to destroy his confidence. There's a reason he likes this guy. And and that kind of touches on too uh, that some of the fans had a problem with is is you have a really talented quarterback room. You got Kyle McCord, Jack Miller, you had Quinn Ewers, you know, the top player in the 22 class coming up here early. So um I think just the the expectations being so high and coming off of Justin Fields and wanting the same thing right away even though that's not realistic for anyone. Uh, and again, the, the, the super talented backups in that quarterback room probably led some people to maybe tweet or post on Facebook or wherever they're doing Instagram or what have you some things in September. They're probably embarrassed about today and I, and for good reason. Yeah. I, it's like not to take away from him by any stretch of the imagination. Like it's hard not to imagine a quarterback at least being good when you consider the weapons around them. It's a very good offensive line. Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, Jigba, uh, Chris Olave, Jeremy Ruckert, some really good pass catchers, really good running backs. But like at the end of the day, you can put a guy in that situation and they can be good. But I do think it says a lot about Stroud that he has been this exceptional. Yeah. And, and, you know, it took a week off for Akron. And he had a shoulder injury. Uh, we saw a little bit of it in training camp or fall camp. There was a day that he wasn't throwing. He was kind of off to the side. And, and I don't know what it's like at Penn State, but in Ohio State, they have it pretty much locked down. You get to go to a couple practices at camp, and that's it. And you maybe get to watch an hour's worth of stuff. And uh, don't get a ton of access there. But one day we were there, and he's off to the side, not throwing. And, and Ryan Day at the time said it was like, you know, just kind of a workload day, a day off for him. And we're like, that's really interesting because, you know, he's he's not this seasoned vet, you know, and games are in a couple of weeks. It's fall camp. It's pretty important to have him throwing. So he's he later admitted he had a shoulder issue, took Akron off. And, and since coming back from that, he's been fantastic. You know, the numbers the last few weeks have, have been insane. Uh, and again, you touched on all the weapons he has. He's so fortunate to have guys like that. I mean, I would kill to have a Jahan Dotson at Ohio State because I love that guy he, he he hurt Sean Wade's wallet last year when they played in the game he cost, <laughs> him, some, he cost him some money let's be real he did and uh, I would love to have a Jahan Dotson but at the same time like Ohio State's got you know a few guys that are you know on that level of a Jahan Dotson so imagine imagine Clifford having three Dotsons you know I mean that's essentially what Ohio State has and that's because of the recruiting of Brian Hartline and and the offensive line is you know, maybe as good as it's been in 20 years. And that's, that's a big thing to say too, but man, they're so good. And you don't, I don't think they get a lot of the, the, the pub they deserve because you don't really ever talk about them. You know, they're not letting up sacks. They don't let up a lot of pressure. It's just, they just go out and do their job. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Stroud is took that Akron game off has has, has rebounded from some of the criticism and, you know, since then, shut a lot of people up. And you're right. He's he's a guy that's, I think, third odds right now for the Heisman Trophy race. And 
I, I, we know, I think, about all the, the dangerous skill position pieces. We know about the offensive line. There's one guy in particular I want to ask about because, one, he's the new guy on the block. I, I mean, he's the guy who has really emerged this season. And, two, uh, he's a guy who I think, like, I honestly, truly think that in this era of really great Ohio State running backs that we're in, Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins, I think Travion Henderson very well could end up being the best of the bunch. I, I I don't think it's a stretch to say, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, after what we saw happen to Penn State's run defense last week, this has the potential to be the coming out party for this kid that we have seen other really great young running backs take advantage of. Yeah, I, I think so. I was talking to to your buddy Matt uh, from RLR earlier this week about Henderson, and he's so talented. And, and a lot of things you said are true. I think a lot of fans that have watched a lot of great Ohio State backs have, you know, are on the same same page as you, saying, "Hey, man, this guy this guy's a real deal." Seven games in, you can already tell. What I think though is is what I told Matt is I I, I think Ohio State has a really really good running game if they need it if they have to go to it for weather reasons or Stroud's off or something or whatever reason they do have a really with, with, with Henderson and that line, they could, they could get yards, but day likes to pass, man. So I don't, I don't know that he's going to get 25 K. You know what I'm saying? I just, I mean, I, even with big leads day's still slinging. I just don't know. It would have to be like a, a snowstorm or a, you know, a, a downpour or something crazy where the passing games off for him to have to give, Henderson 20 25 carries is just not going to get it I mean he's good enough to certainly I mean he's, he's he can go for 200 against teams if, if he gets the carries but I just don't know that he will I mean what did what did Illinois have 38 passing yards last week something ridiculous it, it, it was something like that yeah yeah and, I mean it's, it's there I just again I don't know that day loves a pass now that's that's I think that's kind of Henderson's problem is he's super super good running back but I don't know how many touches he's ever going to get yeah, I I, I I did just I did just pull up my phone. It does say that we're expecting rain Thursday, Friday, Saturday here here in lovely Columbus, Ohio. Well, so perhaps, here we go. Per, per, perhaps a hand uh, ends up getting forced. Uh, the the thing that may, maybe the more I don't want to say interesting thing. The thing that gives me like a shred of hope that maybe Penn State can do something in this game is that. Ohio State's defense is very much not bad. 20th in defensive SP+. Plus. But I do think we have seen that when you are not totally overwhelmed by them, and there have really only been two teams that have not been totally overwhelmed by them, you can move the ball a little bit on them. You could get into the end zone on them. Uh, I, would you say that the best way to describe it is it's a talented unit, but it's one that could be a bit susceptible to giving up yardage. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair. Uh, young defense, it's changed for the better. I mean, they played some tomatoes in the last four weeks or so, so that 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 SP plus ranking's gone up. Maybe I wouldn't put a ton of stock in that. I mean, I, I think they've improved from where they were when Oregon was just getting whatever they wanted on third down. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a defense. It's still not elite. I mean, you can. Teams can move the ball on them. Teams can score on that defense. I think what 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 makes – if you look at the Minnesota game and the Oregon game, the first two games of the season, uh, Ohio State had seven points at halftime in each of those games. 
So what has really helped this defense and what will help them down the stretch is if Ohio State can start hot, which they've done in every game since those first two. Because if you start hot and you can put up 28 or 35 in the first half, you can take a, a you know the opposing offense out of what they want to do, man. Get them behind schedule, get them throwing a lot more. I mean, you put up 28 on Wisconsin the first half, and they don't know what you know. A team like that has no idea what to do. Uh, Clifford and Dotson, they, you, you got the tools to to throw the ball at Penn State, so I don't think it would would impact the Nittany Lions as much as you know some of the other teams in the Big Ten. I'm thinking of a team in Ann Arbor. You could also probably get on the ropes early if you get a big lead. Uh, you know, I mean, cause they'll force you, they'll force you to throw and, and, and that, that puts a lot of pressure on the other offense. It lets Ohio state's defense kind of play with a little more speed and aggression than they might normally, if it's a 10, 10 game or something like that. So I think the offense has also done a really, really good job of helping that defense out, you know, the last five games. And one big thing that the, the game that everyone is going to point to is the Oregon game where Oregon was able to come out there, was able to move the ball quite a bit on them, was able to get into the end zone, score some points. What happened after that Oregon game? Because the big thing was, uh, and I can speak to this as someone who uh, listens to the radio a bit around here, it seemed like Kerry Coombs got fired, but also didn't get fired, but also doesn't have the same job, but also was still, like, it, it was a very weird situation in the couple of days where Ryan Day kept getting asked, hey, is this guy still work here? Yeah, I mean, he, you said it. I mean, he, what he did with Combs is, you know, basically demoted him, but it's such a sensitive thing because, you know, first of all, these guys are all friends, you know, or usually staffs are friendly with each other. They do things with their wives in the off season. They're all buddies. I mean, this is Combs is a guy that Ryan Day hired, you know, paid him over a million dollars to be the DC. So imagine you've got to kind of demote your friend. And then, you know, imagine that there are people showing up to ask you questions with the microphones about why you're demoting your friend. I mean, it's it's really, really hard situation. And, and Kerry Combs is not, I don't think, happy about it. He had a press conference. He spoke uh, two weeks ago. It was very fiery. But, you know, a stand-up dude said, you know, if I have to go out and do my job. I can't let these kids down. I'm not happy and this and that. But what essentially happened is, is Day, uh, you know, relieved him of defensive play-calling duties. And passed the job of uh, calling deep plays to Matt Barnes, who was more of a uh, secondary special teams kind of guy before that. And, you know, since then, things have, have been better again. But, um, you know, proof's in the pudding. They've, again, they've had some some games against teams that, you know, they've gotten up early on really quickly and, and weren't necessarily the strongest teams in America either. So, uh, again, I'm eager to see what the defense does against teams that, you know, have a pulse. The teams like Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan whether it's Iowa down the road, you know, teams of that nature. So let's kind of look on just both ends of the spectrum with uh, players to watch on this defense. It seems to me like uh, that Ohio State defensive line is real nasty, but once the farther away you get from that, the more susceptible it gets. If Ohio State's going to win this game and your guys are going to have big games, you know, maybe not Chase Young in that 2019 level is a big game, but who are the guys that you think are the safest best for that? And who are the guys that you think, or units, whatever you want to say, that, you know, if Penn State can attack them a little bit, they might be able to make this a football game. Yeah, good, great question. I think if you talk to any Ohio State fan that watches a lot of games, they'll they'll tell you that uh, the linebackers are, are okay. You know, not great, not great. So if you can get to the second level running the ball, I think you're going to get more yards there. Uh Got some guys in the secondary that are really, really good. 
but really, really young. I mean, maybe guys that aren't used to seeing double moves in big games. You got Denzel Burke over at one corner, and he's been fantastic, a true freshman. Uh, probably the best player in the secondary for Ohio State this season. And, you know, but again, you know, he's seven games into his college career, and he hasn't seen the whole book yet. Uh, so far, so good, but, you know, maybe a guy you can you can throw some stuff at. Uh, well, let me give it, jump it back to the linebackers. Ohio State's most effective linebacker was a guy that was playing running back nine weeks ago, ten weeks ago. <laughs> so I mean, that, I mean that that tells you everything you need to know about the linebackers. Defensive line can be good, but I don't think the ends are quite as quite the force right now. I mean, they've got a young a lot of young guys, Jack Sawyer, JTT, that are you know five star prospects will be good eventually, but it's not the Bosa's or the Chase Youngs. They're getting more pressure up the middle. So this is a defense that certainly, you know. If Franklin and his staff are watching film, I mean, they're 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 seeing things and they're probably seeing how to attack this defense and and, and getting useful ideas out of it because you can do it. Oh God, Penn State's defense just up interior of its offensive line just got taken to lunch by Illinois. So God, I I wish you didn't say that. Uh, what 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 came of uh, the guy who decided he was done being an Ohio State football player midway through a game? Like, is he back with the team or is he still gone? No, he's gone. Okay. Uh, they gave him, I think it was one of those deals where you've read a nice apology and we'll pay your scholarship the rest of the year. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, so let's get into this game a little bit. Uh, kind of two broad questions that'll ask for a prediction. We're going to play a little quick game of fill in the blank. Jason, first one, Ohio State wins this game if blank. If C.J. Stroud plays like he has the last five weeks. And Penn State wins this game if blank. Oh, I agree. Man. That's a t- I don't want to disrespect you guys because you no, know I have a I, lot of res- I have a yeah. lot of respect for Penn State and the program, but I mean this is almost a three touchdown line. So I'm trying to think of what I would do if I were James Franklin, how I would attack this game. I, I think rain can help. I think uh, just playing smart and, and and putting together long drives will help keep the high state offense off the field. So I mean if, if I were in charge. I would I would try to like dial up some plays that just you know eight minute drives things like that. I, yeah, I, I, no, I mean, you're, you're it would saying, be easy if you had like a Saquon Barkley because I could just say turn him loose, man. I give him forty carries, but I I can't even say that, you know. Right. I, I mean, it, it it's basically and. I, it's unfortunate that we're saying this because, again, two weeks ago, it didn't feel like we were going to be saying this. Penn State has to run the underdog playbook of like yeah. basically what Illinois did last week. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, but you know firsthand you did. So you watched all nine overtimes? Regrettably. Man, man, I feel I would have I would have probably been I would have had to have not got on the Internet after that game because I probably would have said some dumb it, things. I well, here, <laughs> the issue was I didn't like. Oh, my my brother-in-law was about 15 minutes away from me. He said, hey, if you want to just, like, come over and watch football and, like, have a few beers, you can. And I think I just said, like, dude, I, I, I you don't want me down there right now. Like, I'm too mad. I'm just simmering. Like, yeah. it was not good, man. Yeah. And, and you, you, you know, I mean, lost some really good guys on your defensive front that, that yeah. could – It'd be important in a game like this Saturday against Ohio State. Uh, I don't think you – how many – I mean, they had, what, 353 on the ground last week? I don't think you have to worry. Again, I'm, Ryan Day likes to pass too much. And and here, I'll help with that blank, too. You guys have a pretty pretty good cornerbacks, pretty good secondary. So, um, you know, have those guys have the game of their lives, get Ohio State off of what they want to do, and, you know, get it to the fourth quarter close. And who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, it's – 
again, it's the underdog playbook of like at a certain point you have to make Ohio State think the Penn State can win this game. And like I like I would be stunned if there is a single person in that Ohio State locker room, other than the people whose like job it is to think of all the ways that Penn State can win this game, who think that like there's a path for Penn State right now. Uh, yeah. I know that's certainly where I'm at. My guess is that's probably where you're at. Jason, let me get a prediction. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm going to say Ohio State 42 to 17. And I know I'm sorry for saying that because I know it that's sounds fine. terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I like these games when they're when they're, you know, when it's two two teams duking it out, especially, uh, you know, a team like Penn State with the tradition and, and the wins. And, you know, it's just I, do, I don't like uh, I don't like situations where one team in this rivalry is heavily favored, if that makes sense. Even though I like it when Ohio State wins, I, I want it to yeah. be, you know. You 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 want the games to be those 2017 and 2018 games, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm like the, the Ohio State fan base has like two thoughts on Michigan, and, and 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 part of the fan base is like I don't want them to ever win another game. And me personally, I'm like I want them to be 11 and 0 every year. So it's you know I get I get you know butterflies in the morning, and it, and it hurts them when they lose. Yeah. You know, and I want that. You know, and um, it's important to have those big big games between you know powers in college football. Yeah, I, I mean, especially this one. I mean, this one, like, I don't think I, I don't think I'm saying anything controversial by saying the game that Ohio – is this a fair say, statement? The game Ohio State fans care for – care about more is Michigan, but they generally understand that most normal years this is the bigger of the two games from a football perspective. Yeah, I'll slightly reframe it for you. Go that fair. M- Michigan is the bigger rival. But they fear going to Happy Valley more than the big house. Well, I mean, that's because one of those is quiet. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. One of them's loud as hell, too. So <laughs> so let's let's wrap this up by talking just the rest of this Ohio State season. Then I'd love to pick your brain for a sec on Penn State. When you look forward on this Ohio State season after Penn State, they have a, a couple of weeks of not particular – yeah, I, I I get to disrespect Nebraska here. I must take that. Two weeks of going against the Big Ten West. Both of them should be uh, not particularly difficult before ending the season uh, with the two teams uh, from the state up north. What are your general thoughts on the rest of this Ohio State season? What are the expectations? And just as you're looking at them now, like, are you thinking national championship? Are you thinking playoff and maybe make it to the championship game? Where's your head at? Yeah, I think that most fans, myself included, are thinking uh, this is an Ohio State team that can can play for a national championship. I don't think that – I certainly wasn't saying that in the aftermath of the Oregon game, but I, I think this offense is at such a high level right now, and the defense has gotten you know, a little bit better. But, again, the offense does a lot of work for the defense by getting those big leads and, and helping their flow on the other side of the ball. So – I think most fans would would say, yeah, you know, Ohio State should be a playoff participant if they can win out and, you know, like there are chances against whoever they may run up to, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, Cincinnati or who who it might be. Uh, But, you know, I just I'll say this, though, too. Purdue is a team that's given Ohio State fits the last 20 years. It's one of those like sneaky teams like Purdue might have more wins against Ohio State than any other Big Ten team over the last 17 years. Some some something weird like that as a stat. I know that. Um, And and, I'm just glad they kind of got their their upset magic out of the way at Iowa City so they don't use it on Ohio State. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Nebraska is a good team. But they might be America's best awful team, if that makes sense. I mean, they're, 
they, they got what five eight point losses or losses under eight or something ridiculous. They've been in every game they've played. It just something is uh, Scott Frost had a hex or a curse put on him at some point. I don't know what it is, but uh, I mean they're they're you know awful record, but they're in every game and it's it's out there and uh, you know certainly you don't want to take any of these games for granted. Ohio State's been blitzed before by you know Big Ten West opponents when they when they went out as heavy favorites. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, right now, most most Ohio State fans will say they expect to win out and get into the playoff. And I, I think that's probably pretty accurate. But again, who knows? Right. For sure. And, you know, there's no better uh, example of who knows uh, than where we're at with Penn State right now. Uh, as someone who uh, observes them, uh, has ha- has an interest as uh, the person behind one of the sites that covers Penn State on the internet uh, in them doing well or at least being interesting enough that people follow them. Uh, What are your thoughts on this Penn State team uh, and just more broadly this Penn State program as uh, it seems like we might be approaching a pretty hectic offseason in Happy Valley? Yeah, I mean, Penn State to me is, you know, one of the blue bloods in college football. It's a top seven job in my mind. It's, you know, the tradition – you know, the, I, I was so excited when they when they came to the Big Ten. I remember that when they when they when they joined the Big Ten. I remember thinking how amazing that was because I mean, you grew up, you know, hearing all the all the stuff about you know the national championships. I, remember, I still remember I was a tiny kid, but I still remember that Miami game. You know, when they went and beat Miami, and it's like Penn State is you know one of those big big blue bloods. So I like to see Penn State good. I want Penn State pushing Ohio State, doing that right now in recruiting. So that that's awesome to see, but. Man, I just, you know, I love James Franklin. I think he's a cool dude and has good intentions. I just wonder sometimes if he's the guy or if, if maybe you can do better. You know, I don't know. And I'm just a guy that, you know, roots for Ohio State. So it's, I don't have a dog in this at all. But, you know, to me, it's like Penn State should be 10 and 2 at the minimum every year. Most in other years should be 11 and 1, 12, you know, 10 and 2 should be the the absolute minimum for, for Penn State every year in my eyes. And it seems like more times than not, that's, that's a good season now, and I don't like seeing that. Well, listen, I would not hate if Penn State goes ten and two because that means they win out for the rest of the season. But <laughs> you're, like, you're in business if that happens. Li- listen, brother, if that happens, I'd be a very happy person. But it, it is interesting because, like, I I get the vibe and just the Ohio State fans that I have spoken to, and it, it legitimately might just be because all the resid all that like hatred is pointed three hours north of us. But there is like this hope that Penn State gets to a point where it almost turns into an iron sharpens iron thing with Ohio state where Ohio state has to be better because of Penn state. So like, I'm always glad to hear that because it is really like, it's a really interesting way of thinking about things. Yeah. I mean, you want some more unsolicited comments on this? Uh, I would go out and hire Jeff Halfley tomorrow. Really? Yes. Okay. I, there is, there is a uh, not insignificant portion of the Penn state fan base that if Franklin were to leave, wants them to hire Luke Fickle. Um, And I don't blame them, but I also don't think anyone understands the damage that would be done at the program the nanosecond the Ohio State job opens up. Yeah, you got to live with that fear, right? I mean, uh, we have Chris Holtman's Ohio State's basketball coach, and he grew up 
a diehard Kentucky fan. So I was like, man, if, 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 uh, God, I said, I almost said Patino. If Calipari ever, <laughs> if Calipari ever leaves, you know, you're like, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. And you'd have some of that. And, and you know what, to Luke's credit, uh, when he was the interim coach in 2011, I thought he looked lost. I thought he was in well over his head. So I'm like really pleasantly surprised to see what he's done at Cincinnati. Cause he's, he's done an awesome job down there. And he, yeah. I think he'd be a fantastic coach. I think Halfley's got a little more of that dude vibe to him, you know, where players will want to go to war for him more. But but Luke probably has a little bit of that too. I, I don't know, honestly. Though, I think those will both be good hires. Are you telling me that uh, Franco Harris is off the table? I hope so. Oh man. I right. yeah. I mean, if if they're going in uh, the direction of an ex-player, I am pos- Like I would bet that it would be Matt Rule, but also he's in the NFL right now. So hopefully this yeah. is all. The, my, it is my hope that this is a very stupid conversation to have because James Franklin just sticks around, and then uh, you know Drew Auer comes and becomes the prince that was promised. Uh, but he's a good uh, one, man. He's a good one. Yeah. He's that that young man can throw a football. I will put it that way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jason, I don't, I don't think I got anything else. Any, uh, any final things you want to say before I wrap this one up? Hear me out. Hear me out. Go ahead. Penn, Penn State special teams coach Lavar Arrington. Ooh, buddy. I, I mean, I think Lavar is uh, doing very well for himself as a media guy. But like, I don't think I would hate to have. Like, I don't think it's possible to hate having Lavar around in literally any capacity. I swear he jumped Ohio State's line like on four different occasions. Just completely, <laughs> just completely jumped over the center, and you're like, "That's illegal! He can't do that!" And sack, sack. And you're like, "Oh goodness." Yeah, it's a. Uh, it is fun having very good football players, and unfortunately, uh, I'm of the belief that while Penn State has plenty of them, Ohio State is just going to have a couple more this weekend. Jason, uh, let the people know where they could uh, see you and see anything that you might be uh, interested in plugging. Yeah, uh, obviously, Run Eleven Warriors started it a long time ago, and. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm happy you are because Roar Lions Roar is a fantastic website in its own right. And uh, let's have some fun Saturday night. I I hope we can uh, we can live up to our end of the bargain. We'll put it that way. Everyone, thank you very much for listening to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. As always, make sure you're subscribing to our podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you use Apple Podcasts, please go and leave us a five-star review. That apparently helps. Follow us on all of our various social media channels. Keep reading and supporting the site. Best way to do that is to go out and buy some shirts. Thank you to Jason one more last time for joining, and thank you very much for listening to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm Bill DeFilippo. Take care, everyone.